beyond just the surface level things that she was dealing with and began uh, to minister to her core needs and then uh, even revealed himself to her as the Messiah. And from this, uh, we can pick up in verse 28, after she receives this exciting news and this revelation of Jesus Christ as being uh, being the Christ, the Messiah, uh, it says that, uh, verse 28, that the woman left her water jar beside the well, and she ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Now she's referencing the fact, and we, I'm sure that we really don't get the full conversation, but we do get this piece of it, that Jesus uh, in, in responding to her need, he says, I want you to go and get your husband. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you've spoken rightly that you uh, have been wed to five men and the one that you're with now is not your husband. And from that, she says, I perceive that you are a prophet, that you are a man of God. And uh, we can, uh, we can, uh, Figure that there was a little more even to the conversation than that, that Jesus, he ministered to her where she was at and, and, uh, where she was at in life. And her response from this interaction with Jesus was to run back to the city, the city where she didn't belong, the city where she was an outcast. So the reason that she was at the well by herself at noon times because she was an outcast from society. She was not welcome uh, in, into the households of, of most people. But she went screaming into the city that this is the one that we've been searching for. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so the people, they came streaming from the village to see him. Verse 31, meanwhile, the disciples, they were urging Jesus. They said, Rabbi, eat something. See, the, uh, the, the disciples had returned, and uh, in their return, after gathering the food, getting the food uh, to sustain them, uh, they had seen Jesus in this conversation, and now the, the woman taking off, and so they present the food to Jesus, but Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Now, the question for the disciples Following Jesus' response, uh, they said, well, did someone bring him food while we were gone? We just saw this lady that was here with him. Did she perhaps bring some food with her? And Jesus has already eaten. We went into town. We, uh, we got enough food for all of us, but uh, apparently Jesus is, is okay. He doesn't need the food that we brought back. But Jesus then explained in verse 34, he said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And from finishing his work. So do you know the saying? That four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. Because the fields are ripe, are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters, they are paid good wages. The fruit they harvest, it's people that are brought to eternal life. Jesus is speaking spiritually here. About the harvest that, uh, that is ready. The harvest that is ripe for them to go. And he says, there's going to be good wages for those who go and they, they are involved in the harvest. 
And uh, the fruit that they're harvesting is the people that they're bringing into eternal life. There's nothing like uh, the message that we could bring to people who are lost and they are uh, they are damned to hell if they do not get what you have to bring to them, which is the the salvation message that Jesus came to die for our sins and that we need to give our lives to Him in return for eternal life. What a reward that we get uh, from him when we, uh, when we come and surrender our lives to, to Jesus. But it says, uh, it says, verse 36, the harvesters are paid with good wages. The fruit uh, that they harvest is brought, or people brought to uh, eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying that one plants and another harvest, that's true, and I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Amen. Jesus was sending them into a field that somebody else had already planted. He was sending them into a place where there were uh, those who were ready to receive the gospel message. There were those people who were hungry to receive it. And uh, this this uh, message or this uh, uh, phrase that Jesus says, the saying where he says, you know this saying that four months are between the planting and the harvest. This is really what I want to get to today. That there's a time for planting. And we live in, a, in an agricultural area here. I know we're not all farmers, but we understand the cycle of, of the planting and the harvesting as we uh, drive and we see the fields. And, and right now, it's, uh, it's hopefully we're coming up to knee-high by 4th of July for all the corn. And uh, it's been a, a little bit dry, uh, dry couple of weeks, but, uh, but the corn's looking good. The soybeans are looking good. They're all planted, and we've got some time, and Jesus... Uh, speaking here of not necessarily these crops, but still the same cycle that they would plant. And uh, after a span of four months or so, that it would be time for the harvest. That there's a, a process with this. And so one plants, and, and then uh, you, you have to wait a while, and then you finally get to harvest time. But Jesus here, he says, that may be the saying, but I want to tell you, that it hasn't been four months, but it's ready. I know, I know it, you may not think it, that, that this is the right time to harvest, but it's harvest time. That in the time when you least expect it, in the time where you look around and you say, there's no way that God could actually uh, bring revival right now in the middle of these circumstances. Jesus says, it's time for harvest. In the time when, uh, when, when you think we need to wait just a little bit longer for everything to get ready, he, Jesus says it's harvest time right now. The saying is four months until the harvest, but I say it's harvest time right now. 
I know others may look at it and they may say, there's no way. Nothing can happen right now. There's too many issues going on. You look around the church and you see everything going wrong here and everything going wrong there. And you look at the news and you see things that are taking place and this world is crazy. And and yet Jesus says, in the midst of all of that, it's harvest time. And when you least expect it, I'm going to do my best work. But here's what he says. I need your help. That the harvest is ready, but I need some harvesters. I need somebody who's going to get their hands dirty and they're going to begin to work the fields and realize that there are those that in the midst of this, uh, the, the hardships, in the midst of, of, of life when it's, it's gone haywire, that they're searching for something and what they're searching for is the very thing that you have. And even if you're the one who's going through the trial and the tribulation, he says, I can use that for my good and I can begin to speak through that and I can receive glory through the trial and the tribulation that you're going through that it's harvest time it's harvest time that that there's maybe one who planted a long time ago and you have no idea that that seed was ever planted in them and in the midst of of, of your your life and the chaos or, or just just even just going through life going through the motions of life you you come across somebody and as you come across them you realize God's God purpose this meeting for there, there was a reason that you are there with them and you begin to speak and you see there's a hunger and a desire for them to know that there is something real there is something beyond just religion but there is relationship and there is come on the spirit is still alive today come on are we in a spirit filled church or are we not I believe come on the spirit is still alive and it's working and it's moving and it's come on there's life in Jesus Christ and we ought to be the expression of that we ought to be the expression of all that God has done for us in fact Jesus right here in in the conversation that he had had with the woman at the well he called it the living water that water that once you taste it you are never going to thirst again that one thing that once you have his spirit, he's speaking of the spirit here. He's speaking of uh, when you are filled with the spirit of God, that you never have to go searching for something else beyond that. Because that will sustain you. It will get you through everything that you need. And, and God is, is going to be with you always. Amen. And, and when you allow the spirit to get you through situations and you are spirit led through, uh, through trials and tribulations. And, and I've seen this. I've seen this, uh, uh on, on full display. I, I know that right now in our church that we have, uh, several situations, several individuals in our church who are dealing, uh, with, with very awful physical, uh, uh situations and, and cancer that, uh, that wants to just come and, 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 and present a situation that, that looks hopeless. But in this, we see Sister Eve, uh, Sister Eve Scarpa, as I've spent time with her in the hospital, and then I see the nurses that come in and come out, and, and she is there and she's ministering, and then I was just talking to her this morning, and she's, she's telling me about, uh, about two of her nurses who she's given, uh, the address of our church to. So, 
they could come. And, and as I was there, she talked to them about Jesus and they'd walk out of the room and she'd give me a little fist bump. She said, you hear that? They, they like what, what they felt in this place. They like that prayer that we just prayed. And, and, and come on. And, and in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the tribulation, God is still using us to do his work. God is still using us as harvesters in the middle of the, of the, of a hopeless situation. God, He says, come on, I've still got a work for you to do. I know that, it, that your life may have been turned upside down, but I'm still planning on using you for my harvest. He says that both the harvester and the one who is har- and the one who harvests that, that they are both having joy that awaits them. That the planter and the harvester, they're going to have joy uh, on both sides. That's, that those who are planting seeds, and here's the, the thing about the one who's planting seeds, is you may never see the end result of it. You may never see the fact that the one who, who you express your, express love to them and, and show, show God, godliness to them through the way that you treat them with love and, and you begin to, to tell them about what God has done in your life and then they turn away, they walk away and you're like, well, that one didn't work. You know, they didn't receive it. I didn't, I, there was no harvest there, but you know what? You planted a seed. You planted a seed there. And, it, and you never know what that seed, come on, is going to end up being on down the road when somebody else, come on, gets them. And when they're in the place where they're ready, and then in their time of readiness, they receive something that they say, you know what? I've felt this before. I feel a familiar spirit here of somebody who before ministered to me and told me about what Jesus had done in their life. And now here I am, my time of need. And there's a harvester that comes up. And they, they reap the rewards of what somebody else had done before. It's time for harvest. Come on, it's time for harvest right now. Jesus, I love this, uh, I love the, the way that he begins, uh, this, this conversation because he's, uh, he's talking about the foods that, that the disciples had brought. And, uh, Jesus, he says, well, I'm not, I'm not hungry. Now, just at the beginning of this chapter, just hours before this, or however long before this, it says that Jesus was was weary. He, he had come to the well. He had been journeying, uh, been, been on a long journey, and it's noontime. He sits down at the well, and it says that Jesus was weary. He was hungry. That's why the disciples went to get food. But when they come back, Jesus says, I'm good. Thank you for bringing the food, but I don't need any. Now, what is it that gave Jesus this energy? What is it that gave Jesus this, uh, this, this, you know, no need to, to, to eat the food that, that they just brought to him? He said, uh, the, the disciples thinking, well, somebody must have brought him some food to sustain him. But Jesus said, now I receive food that only comes through doing the will of God. I'm receiving this, this, uh, this energy, this, uh, this, uh, feeling sustained right now in my, my place of, uh, of feeling weak or where I was weak. Now I'm feeling the strength and it came because I began to plug into the will of God. And as I began to plug into the will of God, as he began to minister to the needs of this woman who he met, 
all of a sudden, something began to stir in him. And he says, ah, I'm feeling so much better right now because I know that God is working through me. See, there's a lot of times that we can feel weak and weary and it's, and, and we just sit there and, and we, we decide to pull back from everything because we're weak and we're weary. But the scripture says that they that wait upon the Lord, that, that he shall renew their strength. He shall mount up with wings as eagle, eagles and they shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint that's come on that you just keep on going and you keep on going and you keep on doing the work of God and the will of God and when you everybody else says how are you not weary right now you say come on I'm doing the work of God and as long as I'm continuing in the work of God that weariness is not going to come your way on when you feel and you feel as if you need to pull back from everything and because, because things are too crazy. God, uh, God is, is many times pushing you to- forward and saying, no, let's keep on doing the work of God. Let's keep on doing it and I will sustain you. I will be with you. I will give you everything that you need. You don't, you just run and you won't be weary. You just keep on going and doing what I've called you to do and, and walk in my will and I will, uh, I will sustain you. Now, here's what's, here's in this, uh, what I, what I mean by this is that, uh, throughout your life, not everything has to revolve around the ministry that happens here in the church. Every part of your life that, that you would continue to do the work and the will of God and, and continue to be a minister as God has called you to minister to the needs of others. Amen. Don't pull back from ministering to people because of your situation. Continue to press on and say, God, what have you called me to? God, what do you want to do in my life? Amen. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. In the middle of your weariness, in the middle of when it feels as if you've had enough come your way, God will call you to, to somebody to be, to begin to minister to their needs. And through that, we see the harvest. And the harvest, as it comes in, we see the church, amen, begin to grow and and it says that the reward of those people that uh, that they come in from the harvest, the reward is eternal life. So I believe that God is, is raising up some harvesters in this place. I believe that God is raising up some harvesters in this place. I wonder if we could just pause just for a moment here right now and just lift up our hands around this place. Amen. If you feel a call of God on your life, amen, and, 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 and you, you know that, that God is, 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 has a purpose and a plan for you, amen, that you would begin right now just to say, God, I accept the calling once again. God, I don't want to walk away from what you have called me to do. God, I don't want to walk away from the purpose and the plans that you have for my life. God, instead, I want to re-engage. God, no matter where I'm at, no matter what my life circumstances are, God, I want to re-engage in the very things that you've called me to. Come on, is there somebody right now? Come on, who God would speak to them and they would say, I'm going to be a harvester in the middle of this, this season where it may not make sense. Well, it may not make sense, but I... I'm ready to be a harvester. I'm ready to be a harvester. Amen. This energy that Jesus, now I'm not, I'm not going to preach much longer. In fact, we could have 
Our musicians come. Uh, but, but as Jesus begins to minister to these needs, and we see this, this woman who she had gone into the city because Jesus went beyond the surface level issues and began to speak to her where she was at in life. She went into the city and she says, let me tell you about this man who told me everything about myself. This man, he knows everything about us, knows everything about me. And the whole village then came to meet Jesus and Jesus began to minister And he began to lay the groundwork for a great revival that would take place in Samaria. This this story here, Jesus, he he leaves Samaria right after this. And and, uh, he goes on and he moves on to to Galilee. And and then uh, we, we don't really see Jesus ministering in Samaria after that. But we do see one that would follow up. Not too long after Jesus had ascended up into heaven. Philip was a man that uh, was called of God. And he was ministering and uh, appears as if he was, he was off, just kind of doing his own thing as with, with the blessing of God. But he was ministering by himself up in Samaria and the very place where Jesus was at. And he had laid the groundwork revealing himself as the Messiah and and talking about and breaking down some barriers between the Jews and the Samaritans. And though many of those barriers still remained uh, throughout the ministry of Jesus, these began to truly come down when Philip went up into Samaria. And Philip in Samaria began to pray for these these that uh, they were were, uh, looked down upon by the Jews. They were looked at as, uh, as those who would never... Uh, have salvation available to them. But through the ministry of Philip, we see a great revival that began to break out in Samaria. And we see the Holy Ghost begin to be poured out in that place and in that region. And, And it says that they were baptized and there was revival that broke out there in Samaria. And, and it began, uh, we, we see that through that it was the progression of, of the breaking down the walls of, of, of revival in the church in the early days of the church that what started with the 120 Jews that met in Jerusalem and then the 3,000 Jew, Jews on that day that, uh, that were on the outskirts uh, of, of the, the house, the upper room, that, that's where the church started but then it spread to Samaria. And then it spread to the Gentiles not long after. And, and we see, come on, that, that the harvest began to be overflowing. And we see that through this, they weren't truly ready for it. The church wasn't fully ready, come on, for, for this. They had some questions about it. They had some questions about, you know, does God really love the Samaritans? Are they, are they really allowed to be part of the church? Once the Gentiles came in, are are the Gentiles, I don't know about that. God's the one that broke down the barriers. God is calling us to those in this place, or God is calling us uh, to to those that that you never would have guessed that they're the ones that God would want you to speak to and to minister to their very needs. 
and to help them to to, to get through a, a situation that they're going through in life and to, to show them that you love them. And, and you, you never would have guessed that they were the ones that, that would bring the, re, the next wave of revival to the church. And, and I believe that here in this day, in this hour, that God has a quick work, a quick work of revival that's going to take place in a time when we least expect A quick work or revival. And when we look around at situations, it doesn't make sense. But God says, I've purposed for this day and this hour. And I've, pl- I've placed people right where they need to be as the harvesters who would begin to minister through the, testimo- through the word of their testimony. And to show others the love of Jesus Christ. And to tell them, I've been there too. In fact, I'm even going through some things right now. And you begin to tell them about how God is with you through everything that you're going through. When we see that in the midst of the struggle and the, the, the trial that God says it's harvest time. And you're going to have opportunities to meet the needs of those around you right in the middle of the struggle. I mean, could we stand all around this place? I mean, lift up our hands and say, God, if you can use... These hands that are here, God, if you can use this mouth, God, if you can use these feet, God, if you can use me, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that, that I would be available to you as a harvester. God, in the, in the time even when I don't feel trained, I don't feel qualified, come on, you may feel today like, like you are totally unqualified for this, but God says, well, we can do a quick work through you, and you can be used for my kingdom. You can be used to bring me glory. You can be used, amen, to bring in the harvest of souls in this end-time hour. I believe, come on, that Jesus is coming back soon. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Come on, he needs some hands that are working the harvest. He needs some people that are working the harvest. If you have a burden for souls today, amen, if you have a burden for somebody today, I want you to come forward. And we're not going to pray for our own needs, but we're going to pray for the needs of others right now. I know that you may have some needs yourself, but we're going to pray for the needs of somebody else. Amen. To be an intercessor for the souls and be an intercessor for those who right now are lost. But you have what they need and we're going to begin, amen, to call out their name in intercessory prayer. Amen. Just believing in faith, God. Bring them back to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that even those, Lord, that you have placed in my mind, though I see their face, but I don't know their name. God, I know, Lord Jesus, Lord, that, that you are going to make a way for me, Lord, to, to be a harvester in this end time, in this last days. Come on, is there somebody who could stand in the gap? Is there somebody who could stand in the gap for somebody? Is there somebody who could just come right now and say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm ready, God, if you could use me, use me, God, if you could help, Lord, if you could speak through me, God, speak through me. Come on, we're just going to pray right now in this place.
take that song here today, amen, to let that be a, a push for us to get into the field, amen. I wonder right now if we could just one more time all around this place, just lift up our hands, amen. If you have somebody in your mind, amen, that the Lord has placed upon your heart, amen, to pray for and that you have uh, engaged in conversation that you want uh, to see them to be saved amen that you could just call out their name in the name of Jesus as we pray this prayer and dismissal today that you could just call out their name in this uh, time of intercession for them God I pray Lord that you would just save my brother God save my sister Lord that you would just help them right now Lord that you would just help them God as they need to hear God the, the, the salvation message God that you would just touch those God who they walked away. God, that they would return to the church. God, if you can use anything, God, Lord, through me, God, if you can use my, uh, God, use me in, in, in an opportunity to uh, to engage them in conversation about what you're doing in this day, this hour, Lord, I pray that you would use my lips, God, use my words. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. This is where the mission starts, but it was never meant to stay here. It was never meant to stay right here in the house. Amen. This is the house of prayer. This is the house where we come and we gather, but we are expected to go. Amen. So let's go into the fields this week. Let's go into the fields today. Amen. Begin to allow God to work through us in this last day, in this harvest time. Amen. The fields are ready. They're ripe for harvest. Amen. Let's listen to the voice of God as he would lead you to somebody this week. Amen. Let's just let the voice of God, amen, be working through you. In Jesus' name, praise God. You are dismissed. Remember to stop by. We do have that table that is set out. Please support uh, these kids as they're wanting to go to church camp. God bless you.